It's Friday, March 12, 2021, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is the Pennsylvania Legacies Podcast. I'm Josh Rollerson. There's a reason why Peck's motto is conservation through cooperation, because in the end, that's the only way conservation ever happens. Partnership and collaboration are the model, not just for our work, but for successful efforts all over Pennsylvania and across Appalachia. That's certainly true of our counterparts in Kentucky, including groups like Greenspace Incorporated. You can't do it alone, and, you, and, and there's no need to. There's so many people that are willing to help us, and they have sustainable projects and programs within their businesses and organizations. It evolves and it, and it builds on itself, but the partnerships, community partnerships, is, is the key. Greenspace is getting national recognition for its approach to community-based trail building, stewardship, and environmental education, thanks in part to a short film being featured in the Wild and Scenic Film Festival Tour, coming soon to Pennsylvania. We'll talk with the filmmakers coming up. But first, an update on environmental conservation and outdoor recreation news from across the state from PEC's Lily Jones. The U.S. Department of the Interior announced last week that Pennsylvania will receive $52.4 million to support mine reclamation efforts. $27.4 million will go to the Pennsylvania DEP's existing program, and $25 million more will aid mine reclamation projects aimed at improving local economies that were hit hardest by the decrease in demand for coal. Two pieces of legislation related to federal funding for reclaiming abandoned mine lands are set to expire in the coming months. On Wednesday, U.S. Representative Matt Cartwright and U.S. Representative Glenn Thompson, both of Pennsylvania, introduced the Abandoned Mine Land Reauthorization Act, which would reauthorize the Abandoned Mine Land Trust Fund for the next 15 years. At a press conference about the Abandoned Mine Land Trust Fund, Representative Cartwright discussed the impact that the trust fund has already had on abandoned mine land throughout the country since its creation. Across the United States over the past 30 plus years, this program has eliminated over 46,000 open mine portals, reclaimed over 1,000 miles of dangerous high walls, restored water supplies to countless residents of coal field communities, and created jobs and opportunities for economic development on land that was previously unusable. In addition to cleaning up abandoned sites, the funding will also spur economic development. At the press conference, Representative Thompson explained that the trust fund is an investment in the environment and communities. We've made uh, uh, tremendous progress in areas. Uh, We've seen uh, life return to streams, and those streams begin to prosper with uh, species of fish, including our number one fish for tourism, which is trout uh, in Pennsylvania, the the economic, the restoration of economic opportunity. We have seen communities that have, for the first time in many generations, been able to drink the water. Uh, that that comes into their home through these remediation projects. It's very exciting. In addition to the Abandoned Mine Land Trust Fund, Representative Cartwright reintroduced the Reclaim Act with U.S. Representative Hal Rogers of Kentucky. This bill will accelerate the availability of about $1 billion in funds already collected for the Abandoned Mine Land Trust Fund. A new study of Pennsylvania waterways found microplastics at every site tested. Penn Environment conducted the study to determine the extent of plastic pollution throughout the state. The research team took samples from 53 waterways with the goal of capturing a range of characteristics. Fibers from items like synthetic fabrics and fishing wire were found in 100% of the waterways tested. 
Fragments of rigid plastics like clear plastic containers and film from plastic bags and wrappers were also found in the vast majority of the waterways. This study was released shortly before the city of Philadelphia and three Philly suburbs sued the state last week over a law that prohibits them from enacting any fees or restrictions on single-use plastics, which include plastic bags and takeout containers. The measure was added as part of the budget bill passed last May. It prohibits the enforcement of any current single-use plastic bans until this July or six months after Governor Tom Wolf lifts his state of emergency order for COVID-19. Philadelphia, Westchester, and Narberth all enacted bans or fees on plastic bags in 2019, which have been put on hold by the current laws. Officials in Lower Marion hope to introduce a ban on single-use plastics. Finally, Agriculture Secretary Russell Redding announced on Wednesday that eight counties have been added to Pennsylvania's spotter and lanternfly quarantine list. While these invasive insects may look beautiful with their vibrant red wings and spots, they can be devastating to plants and trees, which contribute billions of dollars each year to Pennsylvania's economy. If you see a spotter and lanternfly or a lanternfly egg mass, the most helpful thing to do is destroy it and report the sighting. It's also important to check your vehicle for lanternflies when traveling between counties. For Pennsylvania Legacies, I'm Lily Jones. Have I got a story to share with you? 46 years in the making. A story that wasn't always popular with a growing community. And the impact of one person's passion for preservation. Like skipping stones, had a ripple effect on an entire community for decades. Let me share with you the story of green space and our trails. Story of community, of collaboration, and of conservation. That's the trailer for a new documentary, a community conservation effort, which tells the story of Kentucky's Green Space Incorporated, one of the oldest and most successful conservation and outdoor recreation efforts in that state. The film's part of the lineup for the Wild and Scenic Film Festival on tour and will be the marquee item at a virtual screening planned for next week when the tour arrives virtually in Pennsylvania. PEX Affiliate, the Pennsylvania Organization for Watersheds and Rivers, is hosting that screening March 18th. Master of Ceremonies is PEX's own Tali MacArthur, who helped organize the event and recently had a chance to chat with the filmmakers. And on this episode of Pennsylvania Legacies, happy to bring you that conversation. The Pennsylvania Organization for Watersheds and Rivers, or POWER, has coordinated a lot of really great events over the past several years. Workshops, conferences, and webinars have all served to facilitate and support the stewardship, conservation, and restoration efforts of community watershed volunteers and leaders across Pennsylvania. But on March 18th, Power will host for the first time ever a wild and scenic film festival on tour event. I cannot think of a more fitting way to mark the past 12 extraordinary months than with an event that celebrates resilience and community and the capacity of nature to amaze, inspire, and heal. In a sense, this festival, which will be a virtual event that you can enjoy from the comfort and safety of your home, is a more lighthearted yet meaningful expression of the spirit of Power's work. 
to empower the people who volunteer and work on behalf of shared waterways and trails. It is also a celebration, a celebration of community and of the dedicated, passionate citizen champions who collaborate with local, state, and federal partners to restore and conserve Pennsylvania's waterways, watersheds, trails, and open spaces. Our will be screening a fabulous collection of films that celebrate the beauty and wonder of our natural world and inspire audiences everywhere to seek out ways to enjoy and take action to protect it. Today we have with us two people who were deeply involved in the making of one of our favorite films that will be part of the lineup on March 18th. This film is titled A Community Conservation Effort. And if you are familiar at all with Pax and Power's work, you can probably imagine why this film caught our attention. A community conservation effort tells the story of how a small group of conservationists in the early 70s launched a massive movement that changed the entire course of a community. Green Space Inc. is a nonprofit organization with a focus on preserving local streams and open spaces for their recreational, historical, educational, and ecological values, and providing trails for recreational use and enjoyment by the entire community. They pursue and cultivate partnership-driven projects that put Elizabethtown, Kentucky, on its way to becoming Kentucky's first urban trail town. It is my pleasure to welcome Jesse Sampley and Matt Deneen, Jesse is the director and editor of the film and commercial director and co-owner of Sampley Brothers Productions and Green Space board member and special events coordinator. Matt is also chairman of the Elizabethtown Trail Town Advisory Board and the executive producer of the film. Welcome to this episode of Pennsylvania Legacies. Thank you. Thank you. First, I'm going to ask Jesse a couple of questions. How did you get connected with Green Space? So this story kind of starts around two years ago. I got involved with Green Space uh, two years ago when Matt and I had collaborated on a project for um, Elizabethtown becoming Kentucky's first urban trail town. Um, so that's what I really kind of got um, you know, became more aware of what Green Space was doing in my hometown community of Elizabethtown. And then um, that relationship just kind of started there and then it, it grew into what it was to where the, to when we started uh, making the film. And what is it that inspired you to create this film? So I would say um, it really kind of starts with, you know, almost the inspiration of, of itself. So I have always been inspired by the outdoors um, I grew up in a very adventurous family. Um, we traveled the world, um, did a lot of mountain climbing, mountaineering, um, hiking. I mean, you name it. We did all the outdoorsy stuff. So, you know, I was inspired by the story um, that, you know, Matt had told me, you know, that started with Mary Sprague's, you know, over 40 years ago. And I wanted to pay, you know, honor to what she had started so long ago. I kind of wanted to tell that story. I felt very honored to be able to inspire other people, just like the outdoors had inspired me so long ago. So, I mean, that kind of started the beginning of the inspiration, you know, to now what would 
you know, the film, the final outcome of the film, you know, kind of started with that true foundation of, you know, trying to help people and inspire people that there's a lot more out there than just what's on the inside of your home. I don't know if uh, to ask sort of the impact that the film has perhaps already had or any hopes that you have for the impact that the film has as especially as it begins to be shown in and during the Wild and Scenic Film Festival. We're very honored to be a part of the Wild and Scenic Film Festival. I mean, it's just an, an incredible honor to you know have that film kind of travel throughout the U.S. Matt and I, you know, we've, we've worked a lot with this, you know, we probably could both answer this question, but, you know, we really want this film to be a model for other communities across the U.S., you know, about, uh, you know, we hope the impact is, you know, you, one person watches the film and instead of, you know, kind of viewing some of these, you know, world problems as great big issues that, you know, maybe not be able to, you know, that you can't tackle, start in your local community. You know, and, and let this be a film that inspires you to do the, the really small things because, you know, that's where the change, you know, that's where the change starts happening. You start on a local level, you start on a, you know, the, in your basic community, you help one person, you do one thing that helps, and then that's the momentum that grows and it, and it, it um, snowballs into a, a bigger. Yeah, that's the ripple effect, you know, we talked about in the film. It's really uh, trying to figure out a way to work locally on projects that will bring people into nature, will bring people into the trails, and it really gives them a, a sense of relevance. And when you make that connection and get more people out there, then they realize those areas are worthy of saving and are really integral parts of their community that uh, some of them are right in their own backyard and they just don't realize how close they are to them. And it's just a we hope this film really inspires people to go beyond just local, but maybe regionally and state and across the nation with the Course Wild and Scenic Film Festival. So we want this to have that ripple effect. And I think that's where it begins is right here locally. And I'm a testament to that because, I mean, that's really my story of, you know, Zeb Weiss even says in the film that, you know, he used these green space trails before he even realized there was a green space. That's my exact same storyline. You know, when we were traveling, when we'd come back home, Elizabethtown was our home base. And, you know, we went mountain biking on the trails. We went, you know, trail running on the trails. You know, we, we used all of the, the resources that Elizabethtown had. And until, you know, I started making this film, I had no clue that green space was such an integral part of all of that that I enjoyed, you know, 20 years earlier. And that's the greatest thing, uh, you know, a lot of the people that have grown up with green space, working locally and doing Boy Scout things and cleaning up our trails, do little projects, building birdhouses or whatever it may be. Um, you know, now they're 40 and 50 years old and uh, they're still going out there and they're still utilizing them. And now they're bringing their children out there. You know, that's a mission of green spaces. We want to preserve these places for our children and our grandchildren. And I think that's the impact we see with this film. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's definitely going to resonate with our audience. You know, our, we call them community watershed organizations kind of for a reason, because they are the local eyes and ears and boots on the ground, like really taking care and, and, and uh, preserving and, and promoting and restoring their own backyard streams, for sure. That's right. Thanks. That's really great. Um, so, uh, Matthew, I'm going to address a couple of questions to you. 
Um, and I heard this in the film when I watch it and I see it across the landscape here in Pennsylvania as well. Um, the, the idea of partnerships, that really it's never one organization or one individual that gets the real work done. So can you share with us a little bit about the partnerships that made Elizabethtown the urban trail town that it is that, that really helped to make this system of trails possible? Sure. We, you know, we try to focus on three P's, you know, when we do things, and that is our private public partnerships. And you can really add a fourth P for preservation if you want. Um, but we, we really try to focus on bringing local businesses, our small businesses involved, our outdoor shops, our bicycle shops, our mountain bike stores, our running soap stores, people that actually go out there and use the trails. And we, we also try to pull in our financial institutes, our healthcare providers, um, our hospitals, our rehabilitation facilities, and even our local, our city governments and our county government entities. We try to pull in um, tourism departments. We try to pull in not only local tourism departments and small businesses, but we branch out and get into partnering with, um, for example, UPS and State Farm Insurance. And we have grants through those organizations that help us do some of the things that we, we choose to do. We also partner up with the Kentucky Department of Tourism. And so we get on a state level with our, our local representatives and our local senators, our local politicians, our city councils. And we want them to be a part of this too because a lot of the land easements that we have are direct results of those partnerships. And these are long lasting partnerships. These are partnerships that have, are yearly and they, they donate and contribute yearly. But by offering project-based events along our trails, whether it be a 5K healthcare run for cancer or maybe uh, a music event in our newly built uh, Emerald Cathedral Amphitheater along the trail. Those are all things that bring people to the park and it brings their employers to the parks and it brings them to out into nature. And so it's really a collaborative effort that way. We do trail cleanups with small businesses. They bring out and adopt a trail. So, Making those connections and maintaining those connections and, and are, is really the key. It's the key to where we're headed with conservation. You can't do it alone, and, you, and, and there's no need to. There's so many people that are willing to help us, and they have sustainable projects and programs within their businesses and organizations. Even our high school and elementary kids come out and do eco uh, environmental education programs. We bring them out to help too. And that, that kind of gives you that first start and that first taste into nature as an elementary student. And they end up being high school students and college students that come back and help us do trail cleanups as well and later become members of Green Space. So I mean, it's just a, it evolves and it, and it builds on itself. But the partnerships, community partnerships, is, is, is the key. It, it is the key component to really uh, making conservation and preservation work. So you might have talked about this a little bit in your answer there, but um, would you have any examples specifically of um, roles that volunteers have played over the years? How do the volunteers contribute to the success of the trail system, to its long-term maintenance, uh, to its uh, equitable use, and um, Absolutely. the role of, of volunteers? Well, Green Space is 100% volunteer organization. Everyone involved in Green Space is a volunteer. So now over the years, we have contracted out sometimes uh, trail maintenance issues and things like that. But for the most part, 
all of green spaces, trail cleanups and trail building come from trail users and people that are volunteers and members of green space. Um, we have mountain biking organizations and that have come out and built uh, just 10 miles of single track trails for us. And now we've attracted a national mountain bike race. So all of these things just kind of build on each other. But the volunteers, we, we use social media quite often. And we use that to attract people to come out and say, hell, you know, come out and help us. We, we need, we, we're going to do a trail cleanup or we're going to do a, uh, a project uh, like a Bridges to Nature project where we can help make some of our trails handicap accessible. And that resonates with people. It resonates with people that may not be extreme environmentalists or, but they can relate to those things. They can relate to improving the trails in their community parks. They can relate to those streams that run through their neighborhoods and keeping them clean. And they want to, you know, they can relate to bringing their own family and their kids and, and relatives, and all of those people out too. So the volunteerism, it just, it just happens. We, we really live in a wonderful community here that is full of opportunities for volunteer action. Right. And you mentioned music festivals and other sort of cultural events. And it, so it sounds sure. like the, the trail system and, and green space sort of recognizes, like you said, that maybe not everyone is out there with the same sort of exact same set of values, but there's common ground among those that volunteer and support the effort. That's right. You know, if you want them to care, you have to get them out there. And that's that's just the key. And sometimes it's a simple thing as art in the park or bringing artists out there um, or, or bringing music out along a trail or, or doing something that enhances uh, their awareness of the need to preserve these places. So, you know, we just look for different ways of doing it. And a lot of times it's health and wellness, you know, get out there and stay healthy. So. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned having a, a fairly, what sounded like a fairly robust outdoor industry uh, there in Elizabethtown. Is there anything sort of specific that any of the outdoor industries have done to kind of support your efforts? Sure. Um, you know, we have um, Academy Sports and we have two uh, bicycle shops here in town and we do have some outdoor shops. But most of the time what they do is, is they, they also utilize our trails. And most of our trails lead into our historic downtown district. So they lead you into shopping, into other things other than just hiking. You can go to restaurants, you can go to a cultural center, you can go to other things just when you're done with the trail. And you can meet down at, a, at one of our local taverns or a microbrewery after you hit the trail. But there's, they lead to other cultural centers inside of your community. That's the key, I think. Oh, that's really great. Is there one sort of uh, take home message or key lesson learned uh, that if another community wants to uh, sort of advance a similar effort to what you have accomplished in Elizabethtown, that uh, they can kind of learn um, learn from your best practices? Um, I think if, if, if they can take one thing away is, is get out there, get busy, get active. Find that one special thing, that one special place that's important to you and organize your friends your civic organizations, make people aware of it. And I've always said, you know, if there's not uh, a buzz around what you're trying to accomplish, you know, carry a beehive with you and uh, create your own buzz and, and really make people aware that these uh, events and these places are out there and uh, make it special for them and they will come. That is a great line. I'm gonna to totally remember that.
Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna um, I'm gonna throw it back to you for just a second, and I will admit I spent a little bit of time on on your website, and perhaps while I should have been working, I got sucked into some uh, neat films on there, but. Is there anything you want to share with us that you're working on or that maybe you've just recently released um, that would be of interest to our uh, conservation-minded outdoor adventure enthusiasts? So I'll say, you know, we're, we will always promote, you know, all things environmental, all things, you know, community-based that's happening in Elizabeth Town. So, you know, me and Matt have this partnership. Um, you know, we have this relationship now with Green Space. So we will always, no matter if it's a mountain bike race, if it's a trail series, if it's a concert series, whatever it may be, we will always promote that stuff. You know, that is kind of like my way of giving back to the community that's given back so much to me. Um, I would say we just released a documentary. Um, it's a 30-minute film um, of my brother training and completing the triathlon out in the Grand Teton. So we just put that up on the website. If you go to samplybrothers.com, it's in the work section. Um, it is just, you know, we go through, you know, swimming. We go through biking. I climbed the mountain the day before to capture all this content with a 65-pound pack that I wasn't ready for. My legs were jelly at the end of it. Um, but we had a lot of fun out there just, you know, making this film. It's released now. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot more that, you know, we're going to put into works as, as summer kind of, you know, as summer comes. Um, but, yeah, I would say go to our website. You know, we've – there's a lot that we do just being Kentucky-based, you know, with, in the bourbon industry and in the horse uh, industry. Um, I mean, we're always – we're here to promote, you know, other people to elevate. But, you know, going back to, you know, how I was raised, I will always have this love for – anything outdoors, anything that's kind of adventurous themed also. So, uh, yeah, we just want to really, I mean, ecotourism is here and ecotourism can replace a lot of areas that uh, may have changed with uh, COVID um, and, and our situation currently, but ecotourism is here. And, and I think that if you embrace it and you look for ways to bring people out um, to do fundraisers for your conservation organizations, um, that will help them expand their impact. And, and I think that's what we have to look for. We have to look for ways to bring people out to promote preservation and ecotourism and, and our trails and our events. And all of those things lead to conservation. They lead to community partnerships. They lead to long lasting relationships, not only with people and businesses, but with nature. And that's what we want to continue to promote. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There is, I'm sure you've seen it. We've seen it too. The the increase um, of use of trails uh, as in the past months has been really remarkable. And this is a great time to continue to promote those uses and, and those sustainable uses. So um, thanks so much, Jesse and Matt, to both of you. Uh, Jesse, I'm going to check out that film for sure. And we're really excited to host this event and to showcase and feature your guys' film. So that'll be a really great part of our lineup. And again, uh, that is taking place on March 18th. Our lobby doors open at 6.30 and we've got a community conservation effort as well as a lot of other great films that we're gonna be showing. So uh, check out our website in addition to Jesse's, but you can visit uh, pawatersheds.org and you'll see um, several opportunities to link to um, information about the upcoming film festival and how to buy tickets. So. Thanks again, Jesse and Matt, for joining us. It was a pleasure to host you. 
Thank you. Thank you for having us and thank you for featuring our film. The Wild and Scenic Film Festival Tour lands in Pennsylvania virtually on March 18th. The film you just heard about is one of nine selections hand-curated for Pennsylvania audiences by our colleagues at POWER, the Pennsylvania Organization for Watersheds and Rivers. Find details on the full lineup, as well as ticketing info, via links in the episode description for this edition of the podcast. We'll have another one for you coming up in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, you can get caught up on past episodes of Pennsylvania Legacies and stay current on PEC's program work in watersheds, communities and landscapes, outdoor recreation, energy and climate, and much more. You can find all of that at peckpa.org. Thanks to Telly MacArthur for guest hosting this episode, and thanks to Peck's Lily Jones for the news update. And until the next edition comes around, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.